There's a red moon rising on the Cuyahoga River, rolling into Cleveland to the lake. What is going on, everybody? It is Tuesday, February 21st. It's Mardi Gras. Happy Mardi Gras, everybody. Coming to you live from Hinkley, Ohio, in the Goat's Pen. And this is one of the first episodes in a long, long time that we've recorded live from the studio. we got Andy Finn with us. How are you doing this evening? Good. Ready to get started. We're going to kick things off with reviewing the last episode you guys did without me. I want everybody to know that I sound nothing like the way Andy made me out to uh, sound. It wasn't just me. It was everyone chimed in. All right, let's, let's review the tape. I, see, that's his. Like, I like that start that intro better. I know. Do I have to do the well? What is going on, guys? It is the eighty fourth Tailgoats episode from. Live from Hinkley, Ohio. Just sitting here in Hinkley, Ohio. It's a, it's a couple of guys just sitting in the basement with a uh, green painted room. Still green. See the see the energy that that brought though. That was good. Gary Newman. Let me let me tell you this. (laughs) Gary Newman's a saint. No, he isn't. His song. uh, It's not Gary Newman. It's um. Jeez, it's a Newman. Randy Newman. It's Randy Newman. (laughs) And all of his songs are like that. They're dull and boring, and that's what you chose to start off, and that sets the tone for the episode. I know. I started off with Stone Cold and Thunderstruck. Like That episode did very well on Buzzsprout. No, why? I don't Was I it because you, you were missing? <laughs> Probably. A little bit different of an episode, Andy, though. We're, the, the, the format of the, the way I have the studio set up is um, starting to come together a little bit here. Uh, we're going to put this episode on Facebook, and uh, this thing's growing. Obviously, we're over 3,000 downloads. Still stop, top 10% in the world on Buzz, uh, Buzzsprout. How, I don't know how that's possible, but we thank everybody that's been listening. And now, watching, we're going to start putting these on Facebook, maybe YouTube. I don't know how I'm feeling about it, but um, we're definitely going to put them on Facebook first. And the other thing that's going to give us the ability to do, Andy, is is to clip some of the video reactions again like we we did for the nfl draft and that stuff did very very well yeah i don't want my face out there i have a face for radio (laughs) and i've heard a voice for radio and um quite frankly you're you're looking and sounding good here i andy i know what's the quote from the lights in the room it's from always sunny the the lights are making me glow or something yeah just get back in your lights And, and the other thing is is now that we have the camera here and the green screen up Andy, what is missing on the wall that is still apparent because of the green screen? You get well, the TVs that you've asked me about, and I've sent you, I don't know how many different models and sizes and plans and prototypes of what I think you should do, and we go back to square one every single time. But, hey, which wall do you think I should put them on? So I've given up on that. I'm really sorry. Uh, so to review, we Andy, Mark, and Wayne did the, the last episode. That was during, like, pre-UFC uh, pay-per-view. Right, and it was before the, the Super Bowl. Andy, you and Wayne, you and Wayne were all over the Eagles. Uh, Mark was all over the Chiefs, and then our official pick that um, obviously I pound the gavel, and I put it out on Twitter. 
we got the, another Super Bowl pick right in the end. Uh, three straight years of predicting the Super Bowl correct. Back-to-back years, six and seven in the playoffs total. Uh, obviously, we weren't very happy with the regular season. Now, um, I think the, the first two official seasons were still up, but um, coming back to the mean uh, of even here a little bit. I think we got to change it next year. We add money line. We add over-under. We add team total. Like, Come up with it. Don't don't be uh, just stuck on the spread. We give out what we think is the best pick. If it's something like, hey, a team's bad against wide receivers or running backs or you know a running quarterback, like that's our prop and that's our play. Like we expand a little bit more on it. If people still want us to put out a spread pick, we can do it. But I, I think it's more fair for us if we focus on something that we think will help generate revenue. Sure, and, and the, let's make one thing clear. The one thing I'm proud of, Andy, is every single primetime game we picked and we put the pick out, we put it out there, and there's nothing There's nothing to hide there. There's no deleting of picks. Um, and with the losing season, I don't know what we really even learned from this season because it was very tough. It was a weird season to start off. Like, I, I think the primetime games... Looking back at the season, kind of sucked. I, I think they, I think that that played a big part of it. And early on, the Thursday Amazon games were just yeah. awful. But even when we got to some Monday night or usually Sunday night tended to be better because you get those mid Midwestern teams, or the West Coast teams playing in them, like the Green Bay's, the Dallas's. But when you've got Arizona against Atlanta on a Thursday night game or something, you, the Denver you know, the Denver game, so they shoved Russell Wilson down our throat. Yeah, and hopefully they learn from that. Um, but they need to; they definitely need to be better on those, or just get rid of them. So, touching on the Super Bowl here, not very much I want to say other than obviously, Andy, you weren't you weren't happy with you were on the Eagles um, I, collectively. I, like I said, we were on on the Chiefs. However, you hate to see the game end in, in some sort of controversy. In the AFC and the NFC Championship, we really saw the referees kind of let them play, and then we saw it in the Super Bowl, and then inexplicably, you know, the the Patrick Mahomes uh, once again shoved down our throats. The Bradbury call holding on Juju Smith-Schuster really changed the game, and it didn't really give um, the, the Eagles much time at the end to have any sort of time to come back. Yeah, you don't want to point just that one play, but that was a pivotal play with no timeouts left. Gave him the first down, let him run the clock down. I know everyone was praising um, McKinnon, Jarek McKinnon, right, for not running in and scoring at the end of the game. But I think that would have made for better viewership. I get it, win the game, kick the field goal. But I think that would have made it way more fun to potentially have overtime in the game and let the Eagles try to drive with a minute or so left and no timeouts. Turning the page forward, Andy, football is done. March Madness is here. Full squads have reported a good year. Spring training is here. We have an over-under of 87.5 wins. New schedule format this year. It's not AL Central heavy. You have to play everybody. Daniel Espino looks like he's out two months. A young uh, top 20 prospect. Not just in the not the Indians organization. Uh, top 20 uh, major league wide. Very, very exciting stuff. The, they were one of the youngest teams in, in baseball last year, not just at the major league level, but every level, and they largely didn't really make any any huge moves. Um, obviously, Josh Bell coming to Cleveland is a big deal. Mike Zanino, that's not a big move? I think it is a big move. It's low risk, uh, high re- there is a high reward there, but well, once he again... Hit, he hits 180? 
I, I, I'm hoping for 200, but 200 seems to be, and, and 20 home runs would be a major, major, major upgrade. I know, probably people thinking I'm crazy for the 20 home runs thing, but hey, you never know. Uh, more on baseball in the next couple weeks here, because we obviously have a lot of recent stuff that has just happened. Kevin Love uh, wants out of, wanted out of Cleveland. As of today, it sounds like he cleared waivers, and he's going to be going to the Miami Heat per his Instagram post. But the big news in Cleveland, the big radio debate of the week, is that Kevin Love, number zero, immediately after he was bought out, it sounds like the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to hang up number zero in the rafters forever. Which brings back a tailgoat debate that we had before of which of the Cleveland Cavaliers were they going to retire? And obviously the Cavs didn't give us very much time to debate whether or not number zero would ever be retired. They're going to do it. Andy, what was the gut reaction from from you and um, how do you feel about it? I think I was just shocked. I, I know his minutes and stuff cut down were, were cut down, but he's been through so much with this team to you know coming in. His first year, he gets hurt in the playoffs. Calling a timeout. He was the number one option in Minnesota. Comes in and asked immediately, hey, it, it, the scoring's going to go through Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. He went from being the guy to number, the number three option here. So yeah, Between for, Kyrie and LeBron. Right. So he's the number three option, and he, you know, Kyrie goes down, Kevin Love goes down the first round Correct. of the 2015 playoffs, which who knows how that plays out. Oh, sorry, Kyrie goes down in the finals. Uh, he goes out early. The Boston series. In the Boston series, I think the last game. I, You know what? I don't I don't off the top I of my head remember. game four, and that's why people were so frustrated because it was Kelly Lowell and Nick that separated his shoulder. Um, so he, you know, he sits on the bench, watches us lose that finals, wins it in 2016, obviously 2017, 2018 with the losses, but then the trades happen uh, with Kyrie, then LeBron leaves, and he sticks around. And you know, the thing that sticks out, probably the lowest of lows, is when he inbounds the ball to the other team and they score off of it. And he inbounded out of frustration, just threw the ball down right to the other team. I can't remember who they were playing. And that was like, yeah, Kevin Love's done here. And, you know, he, he took a break from basketball. And then, you know, we hit in the draft a little bit with Sexton. You know, everyone kind of thought he was going to be that new Kyrie. And then Garland comes along and, you know, momentum starts picking up. Then Mobley out of nowhere. And it's a new young fun team and Kevin Love is on the bench just kind of being that six man being the you know the grandpa for the team and he seemed to be more of that this year than for us to you know end up parting ways with him it really kind of like this year to go that way this year with the was it the thumb or wrist injury uh and then the Cavs I think pre all-star game were nine and three without him he's pretty much phased out um, and the money he was making in the point of his career, I don't, I don't blame him because I, you would think he wants one more contract, and he wasn't really getting a chance to to prove where he was at here, other than the sample, small sample size. He really didn't play this much much this year, but you know they're retiring him, and and I have a couple notes here. You know he's not top ten in games played or or minutes, assists, steals, blocks. However, he's top ten in in three pointers made. He's number two all-time behind LeBron James and ahead of uh, Mark Price and Kyrie Irving. Uh, rebounds, he's number six. Um, you know, Hot Rod Williams is right ahead of him, and Andy Verajal is right be- behind him. Um, and then for points, he's number nine. But, you know, the one thing that 
when I look up in the rafters, Andy, and um, I see his number, I'm not going to think of his, the stats. The, the imagery I have is how pivotal and how important he was to not only the, the 2016 team, but you know, riding it out into this new wave of the, the team being incredibly young um, with him. And I, I, I spent way too much time with Twitter trolls and Facebook trolls. And someone goes, he wasted his career in Cleveland. And I go, he, he won a championship. And it is so incredibly difficult to win one championship in the NBA, let alone in the middle of one of the greatest dynasties ever. You know, and, and, and the big three in Cleveland, um, which, you know, we saw start in Boston, and then we saw another one in, in Miami, and we saw another one in Golden State in, in, in Cleveland. This, this big three era is, uh, you know, almost all but done. And, and there's a lot more parity in the NBA. This playoff season is going to be incredibly exciting. I think the ceiling right now is maybe the three seed. We'll see what happens here. The Cavs have a very, very favorable schedule going forward. I'm super, super excited that um, we don't have to go through the stress of the playing tournament. Although it was, it was fun, and that state, that stadium was as loud as I am not being biased. You were in there; the stadium was as loud as any finals game that I had been to for yeah. the playing game. Yeah, it was definitely electric in there. I just the one thing that you know you said that the the second half of the schedule, yeah, it's tough, or it, it's, it's not, easier. It's, it, it's easier, but we succeed at home. That's where. You know, our, our record at home is one of the best in the NBA. On the road, though, we're under 500. We're 13 and 17, and that's where majority of our games are. We only have nine more home games this year. So, you know, if we're losing any of those, we really got to make up that ground on the road, which has proven not to be one of our strong points. Don't want that second half slump. Uh, injuries kind of paved the way for that last year. Uh, I, as you mentioned, playing at home is very important. They need that three or four seed. The, the, if if they were somehow to slide to the five seed, that would be uh, not not the worst thing in the world. But we don't want to see it. We were just talking stadium atmosphere, Andy. Uh, you're not an Ohio. It's well documented on the show. Not an Ohio State fan. Certainly not a Michigan fan. However, you were just at the Ohio State Michigan game at First Energy Stadium. Uh, before I get into the monsters game on March 4th. I'll talk more about that here in a minute. Uh, tell a little bit about the experience. There was no atmosphere. It, walking in, it was cool. You're like, this is awesome. You see the end zones painted. You think there's going to be some sort of um, you know, electricity there? There was nothing. Really? It, it was... And so it was. Explain what record was broken. The attendance record, I think, for a college hockey game. College hockey game or is Ohio State? I, I'm, not I'm not sure. sure. Okay, I, I but an attendance record was broken. It, it was. There definitely didn't feel like there was 45,000 people there, like they said. You couldn't see the rink in the lower bowl. So I, I'm, I'm calling timeout. I love doing this to you. Uh, you're a big stadium guy, and um, you've seen many different arrangements with all the different functions you've worked with, especially now at um, Rocket Mortgage. You've seen how they do the different setups. I've heard that it would have been better if they just would have put the rink. Is it possible to do it sideways in an end zone? Uh, in front of the dog pound, even? Not really. Uh, it shouldn't be done at football stadiums. That's the end of it. Like, you can't see. If you're down low, you can't see. You watch the game on the scoreboard, and w- with a lack of, I'd say, a goal horn or the immediate reaction, you can't see stuff on the boards. They've got 
if you're on the 50-yard line behind the benches, they have ads behind the bench. So there's another layer of almost 10 feet that's covered. So just in general, like the, the vision was terrible. That's why I put you guys in club level for I, the Monsters game. I'm, I'm interested to see how that is. Um, it's the Outdoor Classic at First Energy Stadium. It's March 4th. 1 p.m. Well, I got. I'm looking down here at some notes here. I have Wilkes-Barre, Scranton Penguins, the top affiliate for the Pe- Pittsburgh Penguins. They're 21 and 21. Oddly enough, they have 49 points. And this is a big game if you care about hockey here in Cleveland because the top five teams in the North Division will make the playoffs, and they're going to be rounding out the uh, regular season here soon. And they are one point. Ahead, uh, Rochester Americans sit one point ahead. They are the Buffalo Sabres top affiliate. Um, Andy, there's still excitement here. They have the new jerseys that they're going to do for the Outdoor Classic, which you picked up. Um, I don't. The crowd's obviously going to be smaller. What advice would you give someone watching or listening, uh, given that it's probably still going to be cold out? And that seemed like the sun was out, but it seemed like a brisk, cold day. Oh, it was freezing. It was very cold. It, so colder that. than what the temperature was outside. And yeah. it was in the twenties, and it looked, it felt cold. It was, it was freezing. I hope it's snowing just to make. It'll give it a cool atmosphere. But again, they shouldn't do these at football stadiums. It's too big. They should be dedicated to baseball. You know, do the stadium series. But at the end of the day, there's too many of these now. When it, they first started doing them in on January first, it was the Winter Classic. It was one game per year. It was the original six teams. It was something to look forward to because there really wasn't the college football. The bowl games weren't as big on that day. They were doing it at noon, I think. So nothing was happening yet. It was a hockey game to watch. Now, I really, like John Carroll played there. John Carroll had a Winter Classic. Like Youngstown had a Winter Classic. I didn't even know Youngstown had a hockey team, but they're playing in a Winter Classic. So it's like. When's it going to stop? The The passion for it has wore off. Like I said, people didn't care. I remember when it was at the ballpark, it was an Ohio State-Michigan crowd. It was sold out. It was intense. People were into the game. It didn't seem like anyone cared about the game. It's probably because they couldn't see. I almost said it. Yeah. Couldn't see anything. <laughs> Continuing on to another topic that's kind of a bore, uh, the NBA All-Star game. The format still... Stinks, and I don't think there's anything they can do to, to save it. Mike Malone, coach of the Denver Nuggets, came out and said it was the worst game he's ever been a part of. Lack of better terms. All Star Weekend isn't very exciting. Three point contest, whatever. Mac McClung, the uh, high school phenom, mixtape turned what Texas Tech and Villanova college athlete. Now the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Signed him to the was it the G League, mm-hmm. and then signed him to a ten day contract. He gets invited to the dunk contest immediately. Vegas odds for him even money on the dunk contest. Uh, I mean, I don't know what else to say. It was very the the weekend was very predictable. Andy, we've done this before. There's when you look at the All Star games and the Pro Bowl, the Pro Bowl was absolutely. It's a flag football game now. I know some people like the dodgeball aspect of it. I thought it was dumb. It's really NHL and um, MLB are really the only all-star games worth watching. The home run derby is still exciting. Yeah, I mean, for NHL, you've got the stuff like how hard can you shoot a puck when you bring speed into something or power. Everyone wants to see that. Because it's measurable. Yeah, the home run derby, that's why it's fun. The home run derby, measurable. Yeah. I think maybe just for Pro Bowl, NBA, just 
ship them a trophy or something and don't even do it. Don't even waste the time. Well, the thing the thing is, is obviously nobody wants to play in the NBA All Star game with no. the fear of getting hurt. Giannis checked in and checked out. Weird. Okay. Um, LeBron got hurt. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it. Um, I took the over. Whatever. Who cares? Um, Andy, do I get the? Do I even have the 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 NASCAR? Yeah, I do have it right here. Excuse me. Who is this kid? Is he even a driver? You bring it on, Earnhardt. You scared of the competition? I'm just as poor and stupid as you. I'm going to drive, and I'm going to go fast, and I'm going to turn to the left. Andy, Daytona, kind of obviously very predictable race from the get-go. The new cars again. Uh, and then, obviously, we had the big one at the end, and we had overtime. And I and we had some controversy now. The diehard NASCAR fans are getting a little bit louder about the way the race ends. And it's not really right. The safety is the concern, because obviously some of these wrecks that we've seen at Daytona are absolutely tragic and terrible, and people can get very, very hurt. I think the average speed at Daytona is, what, like 160, 170 miles an hour or yeah, something along those lines? Um, Ricky Stenhouse, a.k.a. Ricky Stenhouse, second place at the time of the wreck and the NASCAR has an automated yellow check light for caution Joey Logano's winning Stenhouse passes him and the light goes on so to recap Joey Logano's winning at the time of the accident Stenhouse is in second Stenhouse passes him the check the caution light goes on and correct me if I'm wrong Andy in NASCAR overtime, which it was the longest Daytona race ever. Once the the first lap is done in overtime, which it's two laps, shotgun, two laps. If the first lap's done, the next flag ends the race. Correct. So Logano gets passed, and Stenhouse takes the lead. Stenhouse wins his, his third uh, third career win, I believe. First Daytona win. Mayhem. Yeah. I think the reason these wrecks happen, especially at Daytona, is it's not a track that's meant for passing because of the high speeds. I mean, you saw as soon as someone started passing, they're passing fast. It's not like a slow, slow and steady. Oh, pass. it's madness. They're going by quick. When it comes to the last two laps, I do like that rule, but at the same time, you kind of want to see it come to the checkered line. You don't want to see it end in a caution. But how long do they wait? I say you just keep going two laps until you complete a full two laps. Like, if there's a half a lap left, you know, so be it. Someone has a trigger finger. Yeah. But it can also set up the potential of people purposely wrecking those when they know their teammates, teammates at first. Right. You know, if someone on their team just takes out someone later later on, right before, you know, they're going going for the green-white checker or whatever they call it. Right. Um, it could end the race. So I, I, well, I want to see him. I want to see him complete the full full two laps. And Ricky's in the playoffs. <laughs> Ricky's, Ricky Rackhouse is in the playoffs. More Stenhouse. All right, let's get to our last topic. Andy, huge UFC calendar between now and April, even May. Rumors. We go through these real quick. I don't want to. I don't want you to talk too much about each of the matchups, because obviously. Um, we can get way into detail, but you can get into as much detail as you want right now. The only fight I have here, I have one, two, three, four, five, five fights. 
And the only one without a date is the Ultimate Fighter, uh, Conor McGregor, making his return to the UFC versus Michael Chandler. Go. Who do you got? And quickly. Uh, I think I like Chandler. Chandler. Let's go in order here. March 4th, UFC 285. John Jones making his return versus Cyril Gain. Cyril Gain, I'm sorry. Uh, I like John Jones. I think it's going to be too, you know. He, who's gone really beat? He, he's got, the last. I don't have it right in front of me. His last one was good. Tai Tuivasa, come on, that's <laughs> Tuivasa ain't the athlete that is, John Jones is. All right, what do I got next here? April eighth, two eighty seven. Israel Adesanya versus Alex Pereira. Uh, Adesanya is favored. You know, the, the the champ is the underdog at plus 130. Uh, I still like the champ, and I like the plus 130. I, I love that. Um, Alex, as of late, uh, I can't remember when the quote came out, said that this will be Israel Adesanya's last fight before moving up to 205 because he says it's his division. Good luck. Uh, what do we got next? Oh, I skipped 286. March 18th, 286 is Leon Edwards versus Kamal Usman. Number three. Yeah, another champ that's uh, plus 200 now. What? Uh, the underdog. You're right. I, I get it. He's going to be in front of his home crowd, but he, you know, Leon Edwards caught him. I get it. He took him down to his back. If he wants to win this fight, he's going to have to stay on the ground the entire time. We know Usman on the ground, it, it, it never ends well for him. What? Unless he's able to do that, you know, I don't see any issues with Usman getting the belt back. And last but not least, I have May 6th. Your birthday. Your birthday. UFC 288. This one is not just official just yet. Aljamain Sterling versus Henry Cejudo. Major waves being made today. What are you thinking? I hate it. I know you hate... You don't like either fighter, really. I like Sterling, but I think it's stupid that Cejudo can be away from the sport for so long and then immediately get a title shot. I get it. He left as a champ, but... Coming back and skipping over all these guys that are consistently fighting and trying to get up in the rankings and get that shot, now nobody's getting a title shot for another four or five months at that weight class. And I hope they both lose. We did good. 26 minutes. But you, um, you didn't even make a pick. You want, me, you want me to make picks? Let's talk local. Let's talk Anthony Romero. Yeah, I, I, I'm really happy for Anthony. Well, I, I think that's something that people don't know is, you know, Will had connections or, you know. Both of us. Worked with a lot of uh, guys that are currently fighting or, you know. Have fought in the UFC. Have fought in the UFC. Um, Cody just announced today, actually. April 29th. Yeah. I, I I'm not sure the location yet. It's not announced. Right. Um, that he just signed another fight. And uh, uh, Anthony Romero... He moved to 12 and 1 now. Right. He was on the Ultimate Fighter, won 30 27, didn't get a contract. Um, and then he was fighting on um, PFL. 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 And he uh, won 30 26. And what looked like a fight, I sent you the clip of it. Right. A fight that probably should have been stopped that wasn't stopped. Right. I think in the UFC that stopped, but the referee was standing. Almost like, like it was a, uh am- amateur fight where they let it go for the fans that paid $15 a ticket. I, and I'm. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm calling it how I see it. It should have been stopped. Um, 
But he's going for the money, like can continue to fight. Right. That's a tournament style, right? Right. So I don't I don't know when the next round of fighting is for that. I, they go pretty quick though, don't they? Yeah, and you know, I'm super proud of him. He's obviously he I feel like anybody at his weight right now in the world he can take to a decision. Um, awesome on his feet. The wrestling and footwork was that's unbelievable. What I, that's what I wanted to touch on was his wrestling looked so much better. Just it was really eye opening. The preventative uh, wrestling, I would say, his wizards just keeping keeping guys from getting at his legs. And um, who was our last fight? Uh, Volkanovski. Right. His wrestling, how how great he looked against right. um, Islam. Yeah. Right. And now Islam in the news today. His mom doesn't want him to fight anymore. Go ahead. And, and, and I, whatever. I, I, I'll tell you what. His his he's in, in deep waters right now with this IV, uh, IV fluid thing where he may have gotten three liters, which would strip him of the title and a two year ban. So maybe that's why his mom is just coming out and saying he doesn't want. To, they don't want him fighting anymore. I don't know, but great for great for those little, you know those guys that we know that you know. I, I'd love to have Anthony if we can get him on here somehow. He said he's. I, I talked to him briefly. I can't remember if I brought the podcast. Cody said he was going to uh, join us. Uh, Josh Parisian said he's coming off he's coming off a loss this past weekend, but he said he would do an episode. Um, and then obviously once once we get these guys on, um, if, if they can get people from their gyms on relatively. Easy as long as we do a good job with it. I, I'm I'm very very happy for Anthony. I think the tough part of the um, it, it's uh, Dana White's contender series is a lot of the times going to a decision just does not get you a contract, and it sucks because all of his fights are dominant. Oh, and his contender series one, the guy couldn't walk. Right, he couldn't walk to the center of the ring afterwards because Anthony had he was uh, leg kicking him so much. Uh, Anthony's gonna be Anthony's gonna be fine. Whether it's it's PFL or, or Bellator calls uh, UFC, all of these leagues are are awesome. Like you said, PFL he'll have to fight again. I I'm not 100 percent certain when, but um, big shout out to him. He's a fan of your channel that I'm still subscribed to. Um, in the works, we're trying to figure out a way to turn that into a bit of a gaming channel using your following that you built. Obviously, you know how hard it is to, to build those followings. We just don't want to start from zero. Yeah, you got to be good at the games, though. I suck at the games, <laughs> and now I can't even keep up with it. And there, there's so much stuff that comes out, but um, trying to get back into it a little bit. 30 minutes, Andy. Should we go back to Jameis with the first uh, back, on, back on video? Yes. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. 